0: When six books by Dr Seuss were withdrawn from publication last year over their content, Nelson playwright and Seuss fan, Judine Edgar, started wondering how the writer would feel about it were he still alive. That thoughts turned into a play called Horton Hatches a Controversy that's about to premiere as part of the city's Fringe Festival. Oh, for heaven's sakes. What do you
1: mean they've removed it from school libraries?
0: They think it's too political. They've decided the lines, I know up on top you're seeing great sights, but down here on the bottom... We, too, should have rights. They say it's too subversive. They say it's been removed to protect the children.
1: I know I always say I'm subversive as hell, but that's ridiculous. My publishers didn't even comment on the political analogy. They were more worried about Max burping, for heaven's sakes.
0: Yeah, well, that's because no one's ever burped in a children's book before.
1: No one's ever used turtles as an analogy for Hitler, either
0: she didn't believe Seuss would agree with the decision to stop publishing some of his books because of racist and insensitive imagery. First, though, we recap on Seuss's life before he started writing children's books.
1: He was an ad man, firstly, and then he was actually a political cartoonist and, and actually quite a prolific political cartoonist during World War II. And what he did during those years actually influenced his books quite a lot Um, and and he wasn't instantly popular as a children's story writer because some of his first books he had a lot of trouble trying to get published and some just didn't really even get the pickup. and so his his initial claim to fame was actually as an ad man and he he actually made quite a fortune at that.
0: What was his breakthrough book his breakthrough moment? Well it was probably Horton hatches the egg but that one
1: really got some big pickup and that's probably was the change in pace and style from some of his other ones that's when some of the real rhyming and the more fantastical creatures came in even in his political cartooning you you can see some of his books that he created in later years actually started off as actually political cartoons there were some very strong messages and some, some actually were, were obvious and some were less obvious. And people raise the cancel culture as if it's a, a, a modern thing. But actually Seuss has had books cancelled for decades by different groups who, who don't like certain messages he put in his books, including messages like people have rights, um, was one that you know got books books
0: of his band. And one of the really timely ones too is Protection of the Environment's another one, eh?
1: Absolutely. And a bit before his time on that one.
0: Well before his time. But what about Zeus's place in, in your childhood, and your upbringing?
1: Look, I can't actually remember when I first started loving Dr Seuss, but there was just, I think it was as much the imagery as it was the words. And I think it's the combination of the two and I actually overheard and this was <clears throat> when I was at university I overheard the local librarians referring to me as the Dr Seuss woman because there was this adult person getting out Dr Seuss books because they were such a great way to relax and unwind and as much as on the surface there's you know these fun hilarious books They always had these other messages behind them.
0: As you mentioned, his books have not universally been popular with authorities over the decades. But take us back to the controversy of last year, because this really did hit the international headlines and got a lot of debate going. Yes, so I think one of the
1: first things is probably what I always go is, is the correction, because a lot of people did blame cancel culture on six of his books no longer being published, but it was actually that his own publishing company chose to discontinue them, which is quite different, I think. And and I think it's important because Dr. Seuss, and this is a lot of what my play, the, the leading message of my play is actually from a Maya Angelou quote, and it's, do what you can until you know better. Then once you know better, do better. And that's quite the the theme that runs through my play, Horton Hatch is a Controversy, is I actually, like actually the publishers, look at those books and go, is this his legacy that he would want? When we look at some of the other messages in the other books, you can actually see where he's matured and grown. and, And like as Maya Angelou says, do what you can until you know better then once you know better do
0: better so you actually believe that dr zeus would have agreed with this decision
1: i do that's my take but when i look at the 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 journey he went on and no he wasn't a perfect person by any um extent of the imagination and I'm, i'm not going to to paint him as perfect But I actually think he he would support this decision.
0: So within your play, how do you tell the story?
1: So what we see is an older Dr Seuss who reflects back. And then we see live, in inverted commas, the younger Dr Seuss and his wife, Helen Palmer, there, in place and time, discussing what's going on and their thought processes and what they're doing, and so you both get to see the the journey and see his life, but you also get to hear the reflections on that.
0: As as you say, say a self confessed fangirl of Doctor Seuss, before this controversy came up, before these six books uh, were withdrawn from publication, were they books that troubled you in any way as a reader?
1: There, there were certainly look I mean I, look, I already knew about the racism that was in some of them. I knew about some of his you know sort of more troubling views that he had had. And and I guess that's how I learned more because I needed to try and understand for myself, are these books that I should support? Are these books, you know what, what is in the books? What else was Dr Seuss doing or saying and what would he have thought about them? And I think my own journey of discovery, of working out where they fit in my life, helped me write the play.
0: I mean, this would be one of the the fascinating conversations would be to sit down with him to discuss these books, to discuss whether he considered himself to be racist. He did support for a while the internment of the Japanese, I understand, but was that was, only for a while?
1: Yes, yes. During his World War II political cartooning, that was, um, yeah. Look, he was fantastic on anti-Semitism, rights for you know workers, all sorts of minorities. But he was very pro internment of the Japanese. Uh, but he did have a major change of heart on that, and and, and he he was apologetic about that, as well. And then. He did what he could to try and, you know, you can't take back what you did, but what do you do going forward to try and redress and change the perceptions that you helped create? It does. Or see- helped reinforce, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, there it, it does tend to be a responsibility on a playwright who is dealing with an actual person. You've done your research, and as you've said already, Juden, you love the books. But what's your approach to this? I mean, you don't want to be an apologist, I guess. You know, you're wanting to um give within the time on stage some kind of truth. Absolutely. And and so
1: you you will see his flaws as well. They they happened, it's part of him. And so that will be shown that he really got some things wrong. That's not being hidden at all. That that It's actually a key part of
0: the story. Talk me through the relationship with his wife, who you say also is part of the story, also on stage. What's her place in this? I mean, more than more than a sounding board, I assume. Does she have her own opinions here?
1: Well, Helen Palmer was actually also an author in her own right. She edited most of his books. They wrote films together. There was really nothing that they did separately. Uh, So she, she is a key part of the story as well.
0: Where did you go to for your research, Judy?
1: Good old fashioned books, old newspaper articles, a lot of old newspapers and online sources as well. This is the the semi-biographical story.
0: Do you feel that Seuss's popularity took a hit? when the controversy was at its um, height? Or do you think that there will always be a place for those books in children's um, bedrooms?
1: Look, I think there will. When I, I I think of the Lorax and I think of Sneetches and books like that, I think there is a place. But, yeah, there is also removing those other ones. There's, you know, not buying up the, the copies of and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which I know to going for quite high prices on TradeMe at the moment. So, yeah, look, I, I still think there, there is a place because there are some really good messages in some of his books and children need some of those messages. Children need the Lorax, children need the Sneetches.
0: It's an interesting point, though, isn't it? So if you did have within your personal collection one of those six books, what do you do with it? I mean, we don't burn books the whole sort of throwing books away for those of us who love them is is too hard to contemplate. I suspect it's been a bit of a dilemma for a lot of people.
1: Yes, look, I've got the same. I mean, I, I do have all of the six books, but exactly what do you do with them? Yeah, some people are selling them at a premium because they're harder to find. But yeah, I guess if they're sitting at my house, then they're not in circulation.
0: What do you hope will be the kinds of conversations that all come as your audience files out of seeing Horton Hatch as a, a controversy.
1: So for me, it, there is a, a broader story and we see this with statues and we see it with street names. So what are we memorialising? What are we honouring? And there has to be a balance point between, OK, no one's perfect, but... What were they advocating? What was? It? What's the impact? So I don't want to rewrite history, and I think it's important to have the, have things in museums. I mean, I've I've certainly gone to the Holocaust Center in Wellington and the museum in New York because it's important to learn history and learn the facts, and the facts aren't always pretty. But it's the difference between making sure we learn from and remember history but also look at who we're idolizing. And should we be holding them up or should we just be being bare about the facts on them?